the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, much more. What is on your mind, financially speaking? It's the goal of this show. It's to try to educate you on issues to get you to retirement. We can talk about inane stuff like 192,000 text messages per second were sent in 2010. We could talk about Robert Pattinson ringing the opening bell of the NYSE. Kristen Stewart, she was hanging out with the NASDAQ, canoodling, whispering sweet nothings. A leech has 32 brains. You and I have got one. We obsess over things like public bathrooms when what we really should obsess over, shopping carts. They've got more saliva, bacteria, and fecal matter on them than bathrooms. Except for the bathroom that I had in college. Story finished. Home Depot beat on bottom line expectations this morning. Yay. That's positive. They earned $1.53 billion. But even more important, that's telling us something. It's telling us very loud and very clear that housing is doing okay. It's a great time to own a house, great time to buy into a house if you've got a 5, 10, 15-year time horizon. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. So housing, okay. I'm not going to tell you that that makes me feel glorious or wonderful. It's good. But retail's also okay. Retail sales surged in the month of July. Total of goods excluding automobiles and gas advanced nine-tenths of percent. And yet, we all know that it feels like it's getting worse out there. And yet, it's really not. July was the first time since April 2005 that all 13 components of the retail sales reported increased during the month. July was the fourth time since 1992. So that's a long time. Tells you it was a pretty good read, a pretty good number. Yesterday, the S&P 500 ended its six-day winning streak. We sadly report... But retail sales, pretty good numbers, and that's important. You know, the eight tenths percent advance, the first gain in four months, followed a seven tenths percent decrease in June. Economists, economists had projected a three tenths of one percent rise. Improved sales at merchants such as Gap, TJX, Target, Walmart, all are looking beyond the global economic slowdown as hiring improves. Joblessness in excess of 8% is keeping consumer spending from surging, though. Consumption should pick up. You get some improved consumer confidence in July, plus job gains that were a little bit better than expected. Again, it's an odd market because Michael Kors luxury goods items, great quarter. Coach, not so great quarter. Now, Coach was really hit by the middle class at the outlet stores. Telling you something. Sales at Gap, the U.S. specialty apparel company. It's pretty dominant. They climbed 10% last month from the same period in 2011. Macy's the owner of its namesake Bloomingdale's department stores. Up 4.1% increase in sales. It's a pretty broad-based number that we saw there. Now, again, gasoline prices have risen recently. This to make things a little bit more difficult. Next year, we're going to pay an extra $875 for food. So this summer, the crops are hurting us. Department of Agriculture, Center for Nutrition Policy and Promotion estimates a moderate weekly grocery bill at roughly $236. Translates roughly for the average annual family budget of $12,300 for food consumed at home. You get that 5% increase in food prices. Family four is looking at an extra 615 bucks next year. And that means we won't be shopping. 
if we have to put food in our belly first, which I think most of us do. Robert Pattison rung the bell, I'm proud to say. Um, I've never seen any of his movies. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because someone's seen them. JDSU, they bought a company called Gencom, a sole South Korea provider of optics. Second quarter mobile phone sales in the news. I know you're saying that's interesting. Tell me what they are. Mobile phone sales down 2.3% from a year ago. <clears throat> Smartphone sales, 36.7% of total sales. They grew 42% from a year ago, period. Demand slowed further in the second quarter of 2012. Challenging economic environment. Samsung was the market leader in the quarter with 21.6% share. Galaxy smartphones account for just over half the company's mobile device sales. Apple iPhones own about 12.6%. Um, down quarter over quarter. But that makes a little bit of sense because they got a new phone coming out and the Galaxy is already out. The Galaxy S3 is the best-selling Android phone. They own about 47% of the market. Apple does. Nokia. Does anyone care? Does anyone care? Does anyone care? Can't imagine, right? Um, Spain, Italy, Cyprus, Portugal, Greece are all in a recession with no end in sight. There is no sign of a turnaround anywhere. Industrial production in June fell six-tenths of a percent in the Eurozone. And yet Home Depot had a great quarter. Again, telling you that things are pretty good in the United States, which helps. For years and years and years, America kind of drug the whole world economy with us. Starting to decouple. Market volume has been extremely light. Volume yesterday was very close to the level seen the day before Christmas. So you can't really trust the recent rally. Groupon's down 20% today, once again showing you only amateurs own IPOs in their first year. If you're one of the people that bought Groupon, you should consider a lobotomy. In large part because it's too new. You can't figure this stuff out. Now, once it turns a year old, I give you permission to play. But before then, you don't get my seal of approval. Greg Kaplan, who was a COO of Coinstar, he's leaving the company. He was one of the founders of Coinstar's Redbox video rental unit. He's going to pursue other opportunities. A company called Agrium is getting a boost day. It's a Canadian fertilizer producer. Insert joke here, right? Walmart received Chinese government approval to buy a stake in a Chinese e-commerce company. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Yahoo! 51% control. Thus becoming the controlling shareholder. There will be an antitrust review before it's finally approved. Qualcomm's in the news today providing chips for new devices from Dell and Samsung that run on Microsoft's Windows operating system. Um, it's at Windows RT, which is tied towards tablet computers. Courts ruled that Viacom must pay $300 million in bonuses to shareholders in a video game company called Harmonix, even though it sold the rock band maker back in 2010. That decision stems from structures of the original deal. Big media companies are infamous for not wanting to honor contracts. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. We got the SP 500 up three, the NASDAQ up seven, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 32. I always got some seminars coming up around the corner. You can find out more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
interesting little statistic. Amongst adults, the most popular way to listen to music, radio, 67%. CDs, 61%. YouTube, 44%. Pandora's custom radio service, 32%. Apple iTunes, 29%. But amongst 13 to 17-year-olds, the most popular way to listen to music was YouTube, 64%. Radio was at 56%. iTunes, 53%. CDs, 50%. Pandora, 35%. The massive popularity of YouTube shows that record companies will need to stay nimble in a changing world. What is the revenue they're getting per stream? It's not the $10 that they got for a CD. That's for darn sure. Let's talk about that in the future. We always try to find things that make sense to you and me to invest in. SP 500 up three, the NASDAQ up seven, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 28. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's on the show on a regular basis. You can always find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of people want to hire CFPs, and I know one of the questions that you ask is, how much money do you have in stocks, bonds? What's your house worth? How much income do you have? How much income will you need in retirement? But one of the lines in your forms is, how much do you have in stock options? In the Bay Area, a lot of people are wealthy on stock options. Let's talk a little bit about planning with stock options. Well, yeah, stock options are you know have been a historically a pretty successful way to build wealth in the Bay Area, but they're one of the hardest things to plan for. And you have so many different... There's there's restricted stock options or RSUs. They're just grants that vest over time. Um, there's incentive stock options and non-qualified stock options. And the first step when it comes to stock options is is teaching a person to treat them as income. Because really all they are is the company can't afford to pay you what they think you're worth necessarily. They want you to work harder so that you have future benefit in the company's share appreciation. So you got to learn to treat your stock options as, as income. Don't treat it as a nest egg. Don't treat it as a home run. Don't treat it as anything but, like you said, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket in retirement. Therefore, you have to diversify out of your stock options because they are income. Yeah, and, and especially you know if you're younger and you you get up to ten to fifteen percent of your net worth in these leveraged options, and they don't expire for a long period of time, and you think the company is doing extremely well, then fine. But even after that, there there comes a point where you've got to make the decision that as the option ages, the leverage drops, and the downside risk is higher than the upside risk. And so really what, what we do is keep a spreadsheet that shows, you know, here's the value of the stock, here's the strike price on the option, and any time that difference will still net you an 8 to 10% rate of return even after you pay Uncle Sam, that's when you know the trigger points are starting to hit and you should start diversifying. So if you're in your 50s, you need to, you know, start getting to the point where less than 5 to 10% of your portfolio is in your company options. Um, and that number is a little lower in your 30s. You could do 15% if you're really super aggressive because you've got time to, to deal with the fact of, you know, if the company goes upside down and your options are worthless, you've got time to make that up. And the way to look at it is your company, they already pay for your house, your car. They're already such a big portion of your, your income and your, your light daily costs that you can't have all your eggs in that one basket because sometimes companies do fail. Uh, WorldCom comes to mind. Enron comes to mind. So be careful on the stock options. Well, yeah, and and then also we're starting to see incentive stock options being granted again. Um, that's one of those. We saw a lot of those in 1998, 1999, where people exercise them. And the idea with incentive stock options, if you if they've longer than two years from grant or one year since you've exercised them, if you exercise and hold them, you can eventually get qualified for capital gains treatment. But they're subject to AMT. So what happens is people. If they exercise too late in the year and they try to hold them, they could exercise late in one year, owe a huge AMT tax, and the company fails the next year, and you can't go bankrupt with Uncle Sam. You just can't. Um, So if you're doing incentive stock options, you've really got to plan very carefully for those, run a lot of models, realize the AMT tax, and if you're going to exercise and hold them, you've got to do it real early in the year, like the first few weeks of January, so that you have a whole year to be able to avoid the AMT um, by selling them early. It helps having a financial planner run the scenario for you or your own accountant run some scenarios you, for you. you got to have both. Okay. I mean, because to run those different scenarios, you need the you know pretty extensive tax software. And so the financial planner can come up with the strategies and the what-if scenarios, and then you have the CPA or the enrolled agent run it through the models based on all the other issues, which is you know, how much property taxes you pay can also throw you into AMT, how many other deductions can throw you into AMT. There's, there's, there's a lot of issues. Managing your tax load is just as important as managing your insurance and your investments. 
Uh, anything else that we need to know about stock options? Well, then it kind of goes into ESPPs, which is the same deal. Um, the taxation is a little bit different, but what I tell people is, if again they're they're over ten percent in their their company stock and they're still buying the ESPPs for the discount, which makes sense financially in most in most good companies. Um, once those are two years old, make sure you have a plan once they reach that two-year period, which is the qualifying date for most plans, either 18 months to two years, start selling those systematically and reinvesting them into something else. And again, 2012, capital gains tax 15%. 2013, 20% or higher. Right. So the tax laws change on a regular basis. People need to be aware of that. Right. Especially uh, you know, when you're sitting on a large sum of money. It's funny. I used to think of stock options as... That person's sexy because they got stock options. Mm-hmm. The early 2000s and 90s were very good to say that you had stock options. Lots of option grants and free BMWs back then. Absolutely. A lot of people would convert and go and splurge on a car, which is something you should avoid doing because cars are depreciating assets. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, just the idea of treating it as income. And, and don't be afraid of taxes. Taxes are going to be there if it's a success, successful situation. So, um you pay taxes when you have success, and you just have to plan to pay the least amount of taxes, but still keep the most amount of your net worth. I would argue that the estate tax is not success. <laughs> the estate? You die, you owe tax. But then again, you were successful in your life, so I see what you're saying. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. couple other things to note this morning. Salesforce.com saw its shares rise the highest price in two months. Piper Jaffray, an analyst, said he expects a new deal that they recently signed to be its largest ever contract, $140 million sale to State Farm Life Insurance. The note has come ahead of Salesforce's scheduled earnings on August 23rd. It's worthy of note. Salesforce.com is one of those virtual companies that is kicking the competition's hiney. Something to think about. Again, I'm not telling you to go out and buy. I'm telling you to think about it take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk more about investing, personal finance issues, stories of the day. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, Facebook page, I Hate Rob Black. It's a group page. Just type in, I Hate Rob Black. One of the stories out there today that I'm thinking about is, in a bad way, is Wells Fargo is expanding its auto lending agreement with General Motors, threatening to take business away from Eli Financial. Wells Fargo was originally providing financing to Chevy, Buick, GMC, Cadillac dealers, and customers in GM's West Marketing Region. Wells is looking to push deeper into the market that was dominated by Ally Financial in 2011. I don't know. New car loans, uh, not my... Not my loveliest, shall we say. But Wells Fargo, dominant financial bank, a uh, company that I admire enormously. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I wildly appreciate it. Just 14% think today's children will be better off than their parents. This is a discouraging number. Comes from Rasmussen Reports. It's a trend that I hope is not true. Hope for the future generation has reached an all-time low. Just 14% of Americans expect today's children to be better off than their parents. That tells you long-term optimism about the U.S. economy falls to a new low. Confidence in the U.S. economy will recover the next five years has hit its lowest level since early 2009. Just 31% believe the U.S. economy will be stronger in one year. 35% of people predict a weaker economy by next year. These are stunningly bad numbers. I am in the minority. Um, When I say that those graduating high school today will be better off than their parents. If their parents did them right and got them into college to get a mathematical and science degree. There are too few jobs. Too much student debt, too few workers supporting too many retirees on Social Security. 
These are that's scary as hell to think about. Just fourteen percent expect today's children to be better off than their parents. Just thirty one percent of Americans think the economy will be stronger in a year. Just twenty seven percent of Americans think the country's headed in the right direction. Wow. What's your plan B? Do you have one? You need to start thinking of this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to work till the day you die. You're going to start seeing that life is not wonderful in retirement. But don't wait to retirement to learn that. Do something about it today if you can. I'm doing everything I can to teach you this stuff. It's really going to be up to you to figure it out and to execute. There's things in your life that you have to figure out, like real estate, life crises, healthcare, raising kids, scams, picking financial advisors, paying for college, household budgeting. This is all stuff that I talk about on the show. Taxes, insurance, investing, basics. I do a lot of basics on this show. It's really, really up to you to uh, empower yourself at some point in time. So the basics that, you know, I like to throw out there, make good financial decisions. You know, celebrate some financial literacy, educate yourself. Save money today. Save money in retirement. You know, the biggest barrier to getting rich, I would say it's you and time. I would say it's living in the now versus living in the future. You know, in my 20s, I didn't drive the nicest car. In my 30s, I didn't drive the nicest car. I don't have to drive the nicest car. That's not what men love about me. That's not what women love about me. I don't have to prove myself that direction. Hopefully you don't either. A couple other things that I'll throw out there. The lipstick indicator, it's sending a bearish signal right now. Estee Lauder had a great quarter. Revenue grew 10% to $9.7 billion. That's great for Estee Lauder, but it tells you there's a deterioration in the U.S. economy. Years ago, there was a guy named Leonard Lauder. He argued during difficult economic times, women increased their purchases of lipstick and makeup. They decreased their purchases of higher good items, higher priced good items like shoes and handbags. It's called the lipstick indicator. Earlier this year, a team of psychologists tied the lipstick indicator phenomenon to mating psychology. Basically, that during recessions, the number of quality mates who offer financial security decrease. And the results of four separate experiments show that women were more likely to purchase lipstick, perfume, and other products to enhance their sex appeal. If you buy into this indicator, it's telling you the economy is getting worse. So again, during a recession, the, the number of quality mates who offer financial security, they decrease. Results of four separate experiments showed that women are more likely to purchase lipstick, perfume, and other products that might enhance their sex appeal. I love that story. First off, I'm an attractive mate physically and financially. So, I don't know. Seems like I'm just talking to myself today. Hey, hey. It's my tip of the hat to Billy Idol. Talking with myself. Hey, hey. I know you're saying, wasn't that dancing with yourself? Yes, it was dancing, but get off, get off me back. Oh, don't you kind of wish that Luke Skywalker was Irish? Wouldn't that have been a totally different Star Wars? He's getting drunk all the time, passing out. Oh, where did I leave me lucky lightsaber? Would have been a different movie. <clears throat> Um, let's see what I want to talk about. Bulls are struggling to keep the market in the green today. 
Online retailers are gaining share at an increasingly rapid pace. I saw, who did I see? Um, Amazon.com, Google. Google's considering getting into daily deliveries. One of their mapping cars technology means that you know they're already out there in the field, and some people think that that may s- signal a jump into uh, deliveries. Michael Kors had a monster of a quarter. Luxury retailer reported sharply better than expected earnings. Um, Coach, bad quarter. Michael Kors, good quarter. Kors, luxury flagship stores, whereas Coach has gotten into some outlets where they're making product for the outlets, which kind of messes things up. Give me a second here to explain. If you're making product and you're not just discounting product, the discounting of the product is a way of getting rid of inventory. The making product is a way of creating inventory. And Coach got it wrong. They get it right in a good economy. People think they're getting Coach bags for less, when in reality they were just manufacturing more fabric bags, whereas the high-end Coach is manufacturing leather. I don't know if this is making any sense. Do you really want an indoor waterfall? It's a good question, right? Do you even need an indoor waterfall? Non-retail stores, non-store retailers, non-store retailers. That's the right way of saying it. Continue to steal share. Today's retail sales report for July showed some much-needed good news for the U.S. economy. Yes. All 13 categories were positive by subsectors. You know, sporting goods, non-store retailers, miscellaneous, health and personal, furniture, building materials, electronics and appliances, clothing, autos, bars, general merchandises, gas, food and beverage. Now, again, like gas isn't necessarily a good retail sale category to see that we're paying more for, right? Secular growth in online sales at non-store retailers has continued unabated in recent months, and it seems to be accelerating the total share of retail sales coming from non-store retailers since 1993 has climbed every single year except for 2000 to 2001. So it's 9.1% now. One of the biggest losers right now in the ongoing shift from bricks to clicks has been retailers' electronics and appliances, where the total share of retail sales is at its lowest level since 1993. It's pretty scary to think about. If you're a brick-and-mortar company, again, every year since 1993, online sales have increased. They're now 9.1% total of our retail sales in America. That's why you have to own something like an Amazon.com. A new survey of 50 of the largest banks in the United States find that banking costs have jumped in about every category. Remember when Congress protected us? Uh-uh, not so much. The higher this minimum becomes, the more poor customers may be forced to go unbanking. Unbanking, leaving the banking system. The minimum amount required to open an account has jumped to $408 from $391. Broken down by bank size, $25 billion in deposit charges. Average monthly maintenance fee is $13.88. At small banks, it's $9.87. Do you pay... $9.87 to $13.88 a month. Average person does. Overdraft fees have increased. It's all problematic. It's all downhill from here. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. You can find me at robblack.com. Tweet. Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Talking about your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Anything that you want to talk about, I'm good talking about it. We talk about how to save more money. We talk about is this economy as bad as people have you thinking. Parts of the world are certainly in a recession. France is flatlined. Germany is up three tenths of a percent, but lower than the five tenths of a percent growth in the first quarter. 
Europe's heading for a recession because Spain, Italy, Cyprus, Portugal, and Greece are already in a recession. Strong retail sales in the United States helping out this morning. Inline European GDP data. Financials, consumers, discretionary, doing well. Telecommunications, doing poorly. You want to see financials lead the market. I know a lot of people hate financial companies, and I understand that. You feel like your bank screws you every time you go in, right? Overdraft fees of $29.83. Whew. You know, Bank of America last year tried to charge customers $5 monthly debit card usage, and you know they got heavy criticism, so they backtracked. The so-called Durban Amendment put a cap on the fees that banks could charge retailers like Walmart and Target each time a customer used a debit card, and ultimately this Durban Act has really hurt the consumer. So Congress keeps trying to help us and make laws and regulate different industries, and every time they do, we ultimately figure out a way to not beat the system, but banks aren't stupid. Only 45% of banks offer free checking. Credit unions numbers higher with 72% offering free checking, but that's down from last year's study. Happy banking, right? Let's talk about some of the other stories that are out there as far as Wall Street's concerned. Groupon's getting mugged. They miss sales expectations. Online deal demand dims. They're picking up inventory, which is never a good thing. So they now have things that they sell that they actually have product of. For businesses such as restaurants and nail salons, they split the revenue with businesses selling discounts. And I just got tired of their emails, to be quite honest with you. They're also selling Groupon Goods, which is an e-commerce site for Markdown products. If you want 25 cents off a slice of pizza from 12 a.m. to 12.30 a.m., good luck to you. The company plans to add hundreds of workers to its offices in Palo Alto. It's building a suite of technology products for local merchants, including a Groupon scheduler, an online appointment booking system, and Groupon Rewards, a loyalty program. The problem there is uh, the phrase. They plan to add hundreds of workers to their office. That's increasing expenses. That's not what Wall Street wants to see, hear, touch, feel, or be a part of. When inventories are rising, it's a bad sign. It's a real bad sign. It's something you don't want to be a part of. Oh, good golly. Let's take a look at some other business stories, see if anything is really cracking through. Michael Kors, leading the retail sector. Estee Lauder, great quarter. I'm not going to make a joke about there's always going to be ugly women who need makeup. I'm not going to do it. I'm 18% nicer this week. Mortgage modifications declined by 28%. Roughly 385,000 troubled homeowners had their mortgages permanently modified in the first half of 2012. That's a decline of 28% from the same period in 2011. Hope now. Loan modifications. Proprietary loan modification from banks. Monster Beverage is moving higher today. They announced a big buyback. They've doubled their shares of their buyback to $500 million. Energy Drink Maker hasn't repurchased any of its stocks since last October. So when the stock took a big tumble of 25%, they said, hey, we're on sale. Apple's higher. They're commanding a dominant position in worldwide media tablet market. Apple shipped 17 million iPads during the second quarter, a 44% increase from the first quarter. Did I mention that Groupon hit a record low? And again, all I got to tell you is if you're interested in IPOs, you are an amateur. You can put a big A on your head. No, that doesn't mean you're an adulteress. It means you're an amateur. Maybe it's a little A, small A. Do a small A. Big A might get you telephone numbers. 
Inventories at U.S. businesses rose one-tenth of a percent in June compared to with a three-tenths of a percent rise in May. That was in line with expectations. Inventories are important because you follow inventory to sales. That's an indication of demand. That, too, increased. It's the highest ratio since 2009, which is a bad thing, not a good thing. Inventory to sales ratio rose to 1.38 in June from 1.36 in May. Ultimately, what you have there is stuff has already been manufactured and people aren't consuming it. Does that make sense? So you want to see the consumption a little bit closer to the one number. If people aren't consuming what's been made, the factory worker is not going to go back to work. And that inventory is going to, like I said, inventory is bad. Whether you're a company like Cisco or whether you're a company like Intel, you know, smaller, cheaper, faster. Intel's uh, inventory is bad. Shares of Knight Capital getting hit again today, releasing data that most of its July market making metrics fell. So down 2.5% today. TJ Maxx, ticker symbol TJX. TJX is the company name, but you know them as TJ Maxx. They beat expectations on Wall Street. Retail sales, pretty good numbers. Here's us to Rob Black your money. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? You tell me. This is a show dedicated to you. It's, it's my opinion, it's the greatest financial show ever. Because I'm not in the position where I need you. I'm not in the position where I'm trying to get a return on investment. I'm in a position where I had daddy issues as a kid and I want to help you as an investor. I want to get you to retirement. I'm tired of the crap that I see out there. I'm tired of people hurting you, climbing on your backs as a way to make them more money. It's discouraging as hell to see at times, but it's a pretty regular occurrence that I see. You know, anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. That's the thing that I, I try to you know preach on a regular basis. Um, let's start with you know some of the basics. Today's retail sales were pretty good. They were really good. They jumped eight tenths of a percent in July. I'm not telling you this economy is something that you shouldn't worry about because you should. But I am saying that things aren't as bad as some of the media makes it out. And this market's up healthy for the year. And if you've been out of the market because you're afraid, I get it. I see that fiscal cliff coming at the end of the year where potentially $600 billion of taxes go back to the government and away from you and me. I don't like it because I know our government spends money like drunken sailors. I know that's not probably the, the best fra- turn of a phrase anymore. Like, like, how many drunken sailors are there? If you look inside the retail sales today, you saw that online shopping now accounts for 9.1% of all sales. That's impressive. That tells you... You have to own some online plays, whether it's UPS and FedEx that ships the damn stuff or whether it's the Amazon.com's of the world. Estee Lauder did a great quarter. Great quarter. Michael Kors, great quarter. Michael Kors, high-end luxury. Estee Lauder, makeup. Estee Lauder could be a problem telling us that a weak economy is on the way. Because if you sell a lot of lipstick like Estee Lauder just did, women tend to buy lipstick perfume to enhance their sex appeal when the economy is deteriorating. As the number of quality mates that can offer financial security goes down. Hey, ladies, I'm well-funded. Nearly two-thirds of U.S. teenagers under the age of 18 say they use Google's video-sharing site YouTube to listen to music. That's more than any other medium. Albums, cassette tapes, radio. Surprisingly, and I found this surprising inside this study, 9% of teens still listen to cassette tapes. I find that shocking. Salesforce.com shares are up big 
on a big deal report. I'm kind of a big deal. Salesforce reports numbers in nine days. It's one of those online companies, a lot like Amazon.com, where things are shifting from, you know, you buy our software and we'll send you a disk, you install it, to you make a deal with us and you could use our online cloud. Groupon sales missed expectations. Online deal demand is dimming. Apple Computer shipped 17 million iPads during the second quarter, a 44% increase from the first quarter. Not too shabby, huh? I know you're saying that was probably one of the worst whistles I've ever heard. Well, I, I didn't wet my whistle today. I need a whistle wetter. You know, Americans buy a lot of dumb stuff. We should probably sell a whistle wetter. I heard an infomercial, maybe on this station, maybe not, that some dentist just increased, uh, just invented something that keeps your mouth wet. And you could get a free sample by calling them and. Isn't there something called water? One night, and I might have been dreaming, but I'm pretty sure I saw an infomercial for a candle snuffer. A candle snuffer. Whatever happened to the good old-fashioned blow on it? Americans buy stupid stuff, but iPads? Not one of them. Up 44% increase since the first quarter. There we go. I wet my whistle. Good enough for almost 70% of all tablet shipments in the quarter. 70%. 70%. 17 million. Samsung came in number two at 2 million. Amazon's Kindle, their shares fell. Their percentage fell to just 1 million stinking units. Fewer Americans can afford homes. That's one of those stories that it's discouraging. You know, I'll be the first one to admit it. I wish that all Americans could own a home. I wish all Americans had chicken pie for dinner. I know you're saying chicken pie. What the hell are you talking about? Chicken pie. Or a chicken. It's a little bit harder for Americans to own homes. Nearly 74% of the new and existing homes sold in the last three months were affordable to families who earned the national median of about 65000 That's down from 77.5% a quarter earlier. But still a very high level of affordability, historically speaking. So on one hand, it's deteriorating. On the other hand, it's still pretty good, all things considered. Rising prices, mostly responsible for the decline in affordability. Median home prices were up in 92% of the market surveyed. Buy a home now. Buy a home now. People are going to start thinking that way. Uh, Record low mortgage rates last month. 30-year fixed rate averaged 4% at the end of March and dropped to 3.66% by the end of June. I'm going to start selling candle snuffers and whistle wetters. Just so you know, I'm willing to make a buck anyway. I have to. Oh, and by the way, that on that iPad story, and I don't know if it's an iPad story, but Apple's making a pretty big March right now. $636. I own shares of Apple. I legally have to disclose that. Have not sold. Um... It's got a P.E. of next year's earnings that looks attractive, especially when you see things like 44% increase in sales in a quarter of a very expensive product that they don't discount. Dividend yield of about 1.7%. I think dividends are going to keep people in the Apple shares for the foreseeable future. And I think product looks pretty good. Got an email from a guy yesterday who said that the Apple, what did he say? I don't even know what he said anymore. But he said something. Oh, good golly. Um, retail sales hit. Michael Kors hit. Lipstick indicator. Estee Lauder hit. Uh, Europe's going into recession. Germany just showed a three-tenths of a percent increase in GDP. Lower than the five-tenths of a percent expected. France was zero percent. Spain, Italy, Cyprus, Portugal, and Greece already in a recession with no end in sight. So probably in the next couple quarters, you're going to see Germany dragged into it. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Tweet, Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Next year, we're going to be paying more for food, probably more for gas. Are we getting wage inflation? Super important. 
I'm Rob Black. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. This show is hip and sarcastic. This song is by Of Monsters and Men. I try my best to uh, not be lame radio. I know you have choices out there, and I appreciate you taking the time to commit to the show. Um, I know it's not the easiest thing in the world to follow financial media. I know a lot of wives hate me because their husbands love me. I know a lot of women love me because... I'm trying to get you to retirement, and I'm being honest. Sometimes a little bit too honest. Um, I don't know. It's a little brutal to talk about at times. You know, only 14% of Americans think that our children will be better off than us. Is that the right way of saying that? 14% of Americans think today's children will be better off than their parents. That's tragic. Anyhow, I do the show for that reason. Two very noble reasons. One, I want you to have a better retirement than you're going to have. And the only way that's going to happen is if you start making it happen. And the second is because I want your children to have a better life than you had. And the only way that's going to happen if you make it happen. SP 500 up three, the NASDAQ up nine, the Dow up 31. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the big questions that I get via email and phone calls on a regular basis, Chad, is lump sum investing. I just inherited $100,000. I just inherited $40,000. And my next question, if it's a chick, is like, you got all your teeth? Like, are you good looking? Like, <laughs> What's your number? What's your number? <laughs> I've actually done that on air, which is pathetic. But um, lump sum <laughs> investing versus dollar cost averaging, these are two themes of investing. I say when you get a lump sum, just invest it because it'll work out over time. What's your thoughts on lump sum investing? Well, most people are already dollar cost averaging through their paycheck, um, oh, okay. their 401k. And dollar cost averaging works when there's, you know, when the market is. It has periods where it's trending lower over a year-long period so that you're buying sometimes at a low and sometimes at a high. Um, so if there's a significant correction and you've got cash to put in, I would just put it in. But if you're doing it and the market's at the higher end of a you know 12-month rating, trading range, then dollar cost average to a point that makes you feel comfortable. The problem that people do when they dollar cost average is they let the motions get involved. So they'll start off and they'll say, I'm going to do X number of dollars per month. And they say, oh, no, the market's too high or I'm going to wait for a correction. And they skip out on their plan. You need to write down your plan on paper and says, I'm going I'm to dollar cost averages cash into a balanced portfolio over six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it may be. Something that takes the emotion out of it. Right. It's the emotion that makes it difficult. In a 10-year period, none of it will really matter. It will not matter. It's just how you can avoid getting your emotions involved in investing, and that's usually by a written plan that that you follow. That you don't, you know, you got to stay the course. Your written on. plan is a funny idea because most people remember things the, the way they want to remember them. They'll say things like, "Oh, I knew to buy Apple when they came out with the iPod, but did they buy Apple?" Mm-hmm. A lot of day traders will be like, "Oh, I knew it was going to move from you know four forty to five twenty five after they reported earnings, but did they do it?" And I recommend people, you know, if, if put up or shut up, write it down and give it to your wife. Yeah. If you have a great idea, write it down and give it to your wife. Because, and then when you need that money back, ask for it back from your wife. You could practice on paper is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, and if you look at the last decade, which was tough for investors, the S&P 500 is relatively flat if you don't count dividends. Um, but a balanced portfolio still averaged over 6% over the last 10 years, even with the credit crisis, the real estate bubble, and all that good stuff. Um so a balanced portfolio will work out over time. And I think the the problem that investors that are coming in with cash or they've been sitting in cash, 
problem they deal with is they're only watching stocks. Right. So they, they forget that a balanced portfolio, when the stock market is really rallying, will underperform in the short term, but it will outperform during the three out of 10 years that are negative. So seven out of 10 years are positive, three out of 10 are negative. And asset allocation means you're keeping up with the market in the good years and outperforming it in the bad years. So that's what you want. I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging in the 401k. With if you're going to try to do a trade, then you don't you don't you, you lump sum it. You know it's it all depends on your expectations and your goals. But we preach diversification of equity, um, so lump summing it doesn't make a lot of sense. At the same time, though, I you know I take over um, portfolios, uh, sometimes large companies yeah. kind of rhyme with disher. Where you see over 100 different stocks. You be careful. That guy can kill you. <laughs> we see over 100 different stocks, and you're like, okay, what's the point of picking 100 different stocks? Yeah. We have 1% position. What if that company does really well? It's not going to make a difference in your portfolio. So when I pick individual stocks, we typically keep 20 to 25 positions yeah. in the portfolio. Do you know why he puts people in 100 different stocks? Because it's impossible to quit them. You're, you're thinking if I quit and I have to sell all these stocks, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. That's why, exactly why when I set up my company, we use TD Ameritrade as a brokerage firm, and my yeah. clients get uh, free trades for the first 60 days because yeah. I usually have to go in and fix portfolios because they have way too many positions. They're you know concentrated one t- sector of the market instead of being diversified, and we've got to fix it. So you know trading costs can become expensive if if you've got you know 100 positions or if you've got over 13 mutual funds, you're typically way over diversified. You got too many positions, you can't possibly follow it and have a daytime job. That guy you mentioned, name rhymes with Disher. I once said on air that his sales force is kind of cheesy and smarmy, young guys who have, you know, cuff links and uh, initials on their shirts and stuff like that. Like these initials right here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, they're kind of douchey. Like, they're just cheesy guys. He called me. A billionaire calls me and he's like, I heard you have something negative to say about my company. I'm like, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I was afraid of him. No comment, because <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. S&P 500 up three. NASDAQ up eight. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 32. Oil's at $95 a barrel. Man, when it fell to 80, it pulled all the oil companies down with it. Um, I like the oil companies. I have no shame in saying that. I own Chevron Texaco, uh, although it's just called Chevron, but I own them too, whose shares hit an all-time high. I have no problem owning energy companies who pollute the earth. You know, when the Exxon Valdez crashed, it was a buying opportunity, not a selling scenario. BP's trying to sell $7.9 billion in the Gulf of Mexico of assets. Now, I tend to keep my like to Exxon or Chevron, because those are the two best, in my opinion. But when the dollar, when the euro starts getting stronger, maybe you look at a total, but not now. Not till Europe gets their act together. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Next segment, I'm going to do the most fascinating piece on a trend in America that you can invest in, and it's tied towards incarceration. Not bondage, but incarceration. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I like investing in trends as best as I can. You're not always going to be great at it. You're going to make mistakes. But it is fun to think about the idea, the concept that 
you as an investor can catch something early. This is one that's not very popular for me to talk about, but the United States incarcerates more of its population than any other country. From 1990 to 2010, the number of people serving time in state and federal prisons more than doubled. It now stands at 2.3 million Americans. Earlier this year, there was an article in the New Yorker called The Caging of America. And it basically chronicled reasons for the accelerating incarceration, the accelerating incarceration rate. It's a great read. When the first sentence of that article starts off, a prison is a trap for catching time. That's an amazing start. For most privileged professional people, the experience of confinement is a mere brush. Maybe you got arrested as a kid, drunk driving. For a great many more people who are poor in America, particularly poor black men, prison is a destination that braids through an ordinary life, much as high school and college do for the rich white children. More than half of all black men without a high school diploma go to prison at some time in their lives. More than half of all black men without a high school diploma go to prison at some point in their time in their lives. It's a fundamental fact in today in America. The accelerating rate of incarceration over the past few decades is just as startling as the number of people jailed. In 1980, there were about 220 people incarcerated for every 100,000 Americans. By 2010, that number's tripled to 731 out of every 100,000. No other country even comes close to what we do well in the United States, Cajun people. The surge has been good for a constellation of correction contractors, including a company called JPay. JPay handles money transfers, email communications, video visitations for more than 1.4 million inmates in hundreds of prisons across 35 states. So good that decade-old business last year expanded into selling inmates its own line of prison-proof MP3 players, which they now call JP3s. Pretty stunning, right? CEO's 35-year-old kid. Ryan Shapiro saying, we're looking for products that an inmate would want to buy and a corrections facility would accept. Music was a no-brainer because inmates don't have enough music and they all love music. So Shapiro is aiming to make JPay, which is a 200-employee Miami business that became profitable in 2006, the Apple of the U.S. penal system. Now, to understand why he thinks Apple or another tech company can't easily snuff them out, it's all tied towards the prison rules. Correction facilities typically forbid devices that can be turned into weapons, be used to communicate freely with outside, or conceal contraband. Hand a violent prisoner an iPad, and it becomes pretty clear what he's going to do. He's going to hit you in the head with it. So these JPay players, they retail for about 40 bucks. Company installs kiosks in prisons. Virtually indestructible. Inmates use it to browse a library of more than 10 million songs. This uh, kiosk, just like on iTunes, they download them for buck ninety nine a pop. Songs by Usher, Trey Songs, Kenny Chesney, all very popular. So they're taking outside applications that already exist and they're turning them into something for a prison. Um, they're not the only company to do this. There's another one called Keefe Group. Same thing, selling music to prisoners. You know, I think this CEO is pretty brilliant on some levels. One of his friend's mother was sentenced for embezzling. So he learned the inconveniences of transferring money right there. In the story that I read, he the CEO says he understands that you have to charge, and prisoners understand that you have to charge and able to provide a service. And if you look at their Facebook page for JPay, look at how many prisoners say that they love the service. They're going to try to sell a, a mini tablet 
by year in called the JP4. It's got an email application, music, ebooks. Think about education. Think about games. It's endless where you can go with it. So Americans do well at incarcerating people, but Americans also do well at coming up with ways to make money. And I don't look at this negatively. I could. I'm sure you could as well. You know, I think some of the statistics that I threw out, it, it's crazy. It's Shakespeareanly tragic. It's flat-out peasant poverty that starved some and drove others, you know, to horrible jobs, crime. The injustice seems inseparable as you look across the United States. Humanity and common sense just get up and go away. They're not even part of this conversation. We need to take care of why we're caging Americans. You know, judges aren't judges anymore. They're politicians. I don't know. I can't be the only person who sees this. Elsewhere, uh, stocks are moving higher. Retail sales were pretty good this morning. Inside those numbers, uh, online retail sales were exceptional. You know, the first time you ever heard the, the word or the phrase F-bomb was probably back in the 80s or 90s. You would drop one. But F-bomb now joins sexting. Flexitarian, obesogenic, energy drink, life coach, and 95 other new words are going to be included in Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. It's a euphemism for the notorious F-word, the F-bomb, especially when a person uses, uses that word frequently or capriciously. If you take a look at the 25 new words being added... Again, you could kind of see that uh, you could kind of see that it's you know pretty obvious what's happening. We're on our key- keyboards on our phones, you know, brain cramp, an aha moment, a craft beer, a flexitarian. Do you know who that is? That's a person who normally. They have a meatless diet, but they'll occasionally include meat or fish. A bucket list. Uh, mashup. Sexting, the sending of sexually explicit messages or images by cell phone. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Day and age that we live in. So um, what else do we need to talk about? What else do we have to talk about? BP is trying to sell off some of their properties in the Gulf. They're seeking as much as $8 billion before tax payments for a clutch of Gulf of Mexico oil fields as it unloads assets following its 2010 spill in the region. Stocks have been moving higher, which is nice to see. Steve Jobs' home was burglarized by a man who didn't know it was Steve Jobs' home's. San Jose Mercury News reported that 35-year-old Kareem McFarland of Alameda has been arrested and charged with residential burglary and stealing as well as selling stolen property. I'll say this, and this is going to be an odd thing to say, and again, it gets back to our crime segment. Theft, theft is such a mental issue to, be, to have something stolen from you. It's it, it hurts. Google just hit its highest level since 2008. It's nice to see. Other stories of note. Um, did you know that a leech has 200? No, no, it doesn't have 200. What is the statistic? Help me. Help me. Brain freeze. No, I don't. I can't seem to find it anymore. Anyway, leech has 12 brains. We only have one. A leech is dumber than you and I. Did you know that obsessive nose picking is called rhino 
Attila X Mania. Do you know any excessive nose pickers? Total of 192,000 text messages per second were sent in 2010. That's pretty crazy. We better hope that we never get cancer from text messages because we will all die. Robert Pattison rang the opening bell today at the NYSC. That trampire, Kristen Stewart, she was canoodling with the NASDAQ. Boy, is that a great story. I know you're saying hard-hitting financial news. Apple needs to break above 644 to hit a new all-time high. Currently has a market cap of $593 billion. Shares of Apple, ticker symbol AAPL, trading at $637, 7 bucks from its all-time high. Find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.